podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Battle podcast. This is episode 15. I'm once again joined by Dan and Ben, and we're going to review the Arsenal vs. Leeds game at the weekend, which Arsenal finally we won. <laughs> 4 2, convincing game, a Bamang hat trick. Perfect, perfect result at the end, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, no, it was a great result. Um, kind of bittersweet. I mean, yes, we, we won, we scored four goals, but at the same time, the way in which we conceded the two was very disappointing. Um, couldn't really do much about the header. <laughs> that was an absolute bullet, but um, the other goals, the other goal was just a bit disappointing to concede. And you, you kind of hope that okay, we scored four. Let's try and imp- um, implement the game management and um, keep that clean sheet. I was more, I was more concerned about keeping the clean sheet than going on and getting five, six, seven. But um, yeah, no, it was a very convincing game. I thought um, it was very creative and a. Um, a game in which Abamian could have had a couple more, to be honest. Should have had a couple more. Yeah, probably should have. He hit the crossbar in one, but uh, even still, you can't complain. Great to see him getting a hat-trick and back on the score sheet. Um, but yeah, overall, very um, uh, successful afternoon. Put that little blip sort of just out the way. Sort of a couple of games lost. You can argue what you want about why we lost and how we lost those games in the Midlands. But um, back on home soil and we ended that run of a couple of games with that win. How important was that? I know we keep saying it when we in our previews, we said this the league game was the was the one. Considering the run we won, the games we got next, Ben, it was it was important that we won that one and we did. Yeah, I think not just that we won, but that we won in as convincing a manner as we did, albeit you know the last 10 minutes. I think everyone was every Arsenal fan was having flashbacks to Newcastle back in with the 2012. Um, it was it was so important that we won this game convincingly with the run of fixtures we've got coming up. And, you know, you're looking at Aubameyang coming back, finally finding some goals. You see the effect that has on strikers that, you know, makes them completely different animals when they've got a few goals under their belt. Um, I mean, you saw when he, when he should have got his fourth, when he hit the bar, that was sort of prime Aubameyang. And I was... Uh, there was one run he made from the left where he cut inside and it was sort of, you could just see the number 14 and he beat a couple of players and it really made it really uh, brought flashbacks to sort of what Thierry Henry would use today on a regular basis. Um, so it's always good to have him room with confidence. You know, we've been lacking a lot of goals this season um, and it'll be good if he can, he can start firing, especially with the tricky run of games we've got coming up. So I don't think you can overestimate it really. I was, I think I was. I think the team section was surprising, but I think it's fair to say Arteta got it right considering the opponent. We, um, I was surprised to see Smith Rowe start. To be honest, I thought I'd got him to come in. He did. Uh, Smith Rowe went out to the wing. He, he dropped Saka. I know he dropped. He dropped Lacazette and he dropped Pepe, both in good form. But it worked, and I think we, we've criticised. I've definitely criticised Arteta when. He's got stuff wrong tactically, but I think he got it perfect today. I th- uh, not today, in the game. I think the decision to drop Pepe was very smart. 
just go through the history he has with Leeds and Alioski. Um, there's almost that moment on the touchline when he got subbed off and he walked past him, um, which I liked. It was very funny. Bellerin had a good game. He scored. It wasn't anything. It was a great goal, he, but he, it wasn't like a world-class performance, but I think he stepped up, didn't he, Dan? Bellerin's been, um, he's hot and cold. He's, he's um, I think his best performance of the season so far was against Chelsea at home. Um, and he's best when he's getting up and down that side. It's just so much you see it. He'll take the ball and he'll run down that right-hand side. And then he'll take a touch, bring it back inside, pass it back infield. And it's just like um, you just want him to be more unpredictable to try and uh, take a player on every now and again. You know, you know he's got the pace. Spellerin of all players, you know he's got the pace to to beat a man. And we've seen that in in recent games as well. But I just wish he'd utilise that more. But um, I'm not on the Bellerin hate brigade. I do believe that he's a um, he's a, a key part of the dressing room, a key part of the team, and. Um, I really do hope that for the rest of the season he can kick on. I think defensively he still has a lot of areas he needs to work on. But um, yeah, I do think Bellerin's uh, stepped up. Yeah, again, VAR played a big role in an Arsenal <laughs> game. Um, Tell me about it. I don't know how I feel about those decisions, to be honest. First instinct, <laughs> for the first Saka one, first instinct was penalty. Do we concur or was it Ended up being the right decision. I think the problem with them is that they are given either, like some are given penalties, some are not. My first instinct was that's a penalty. Um, I don't think they actually showed the VAR, the replay of the legs touching. Yeah, so it looks a lot softer. But um, my first instinct was penalty and probably a yellow card um, just because of the way the game is now. I don't think, with my neutral head on, if that was given against us, I would have been disappointed. Yeah. But obviously, because you're an Arsenal fan in the heat of the moment, you're like, that's a penalty, that's a stonewall penalty. But I don't. I can kind of understand why they didn't get it, but um, I think we can all agree that the second one was stonewall, definitely was a penalty. Yeah, I, I saw the first one. As well. I saw the first one live, straight away, I said penalty. And then once they started showing those different replay slowed down. I don't think we saw all the angles, but the angles we saw, I was like, he's not going to give this. It's going to, he's going to change it. Yeah. And then I was worried with the second one that the same thing would happen, that he would, <laughs> we'd just be cursed by VAR. But I think that was, that was clear in Stonewall. Did Mercier yeah. get booked for that? I don't think he did in the end, no. No, I think he, he, there was definitely an argument if he, if a penalty is given and, seeing as these new rules and everything come in that um, potentially if he's made an effort to get the ball, it should be a yellow. If he's not, then it's a red. Then I don't know. I think, well, um, who is it? Jake summed it up earlier in a tweet saying, I've just got no idea of the rules of football anymore. Like everything's so confusing. And I think, uh, yeah, we, we who knows anymore? Did you watch the uh, West Ham Chelsea United game last night? Yeah. That the penalty on Jesse Lingard <laughs> was the most blatant penalty I've ever seen. Yeah, and he got booked. And I know it's the rule, and it's not the VAR. Because he went for the ball, isn't You look at that. You look at that, and he's he's just like absolutely battered Jesse Lingard, and he gets <laughs> booked. And David, I, I don't want to take it back to David Luiz, but you look at that, and you say 
Daniel Luiz got sent off because he was clipped <laughs> and he gets a red card. It makes you think, doesn't it, that these rules really do need to change. The worst thing about it is the well. that they have to implement. They're trying to justify it as well. Like the referees, like Peter Walton, I, d- I don't know if you guys got your opinions on him, but I find him so frustrating to listen to um, on BT Sport. It's just like so frustrating because just the way in which the rules are the labeled, he's trying to justify some of these decisions. And I'm just like, I don't understand it. Like we, the game's gone. Yes, I, I'm, yeah. I've seen Dermot Gallagher on Sky Sports so many times and it's like explaining it. It's like, but, but the fans don't understand because there's so many different implementations of these. And yeah, I see it's contradictory. Yeah, I agree. And also, every time you watch the the coverage, it seems to be a different thing. I remember I watched the halftime um, part with Peter Walton uh, for the Arsenal Wolves game, and he said, you know, intent doesn't matter. He hasn't tried to get the ball. You know, he hasn't meant it, of course, but it doesn't matter whether he means it or not. And then I think it was the Bednarak challenge when it got overturned. They asked him why it got overturned. And he said, oh, you know, he didn't mean it. So <laughs> it was different. And you're just like, they're, they're the same thing. Literally. Um, it's it's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous, some of the things that they come out with. I think I think the Wayne Rooney interview was very interesting. In his press conference, he said that he, just, he doesn't like it. He doesn't want VAR. It should be scrapped. It ruins. It like, takes the joy out of it. Play, he said players don't celebrate now. I think... Mm. I think it's true. But I think it's the rules that VAR have to play by because they're the rules of the game. It's also whether it's a clear and obvious error and not whether it's the right decision, which is mind-boggling. And then the Bukayo make Saka the right decision. The Saka penalty, you could argue, is that a clear and obvious error by the referee? I'd say no. Yeah. Likewise, it's it's, it might be a wrong decision, but it's not a clear and obvious error. Yeah, exactly. There was contact, so contact in the box often means penalty. It's not, it was, uh, we could talk all day about VAR and how frustrating it is. In the end, it didn't matter. A few minutes later, Mesley took out Saka after he had a nightmare, had an Allison moment, and <laughs> we got penalty, Bamiyang tucked it home, and that was... Brilliantly, was, may I just say. Was that was an unbelievable penalty. Side netting finish. You look like he was on for 30 goals this season, not, not having scored in however many it was. Yeah, literally. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like take it down and sort of play down his performance. But he should have had a couple more shitly. <laughs> the one that Alien blocked, I was like, he's saving them for Benfica. Yeah, just take we'll say that. back and <laughs> play with the defender a bit, and then put it in. Like you said, hit the bar. I think was that one going to be offside anyway, or but he got hat trick. You can't you can't criticize a hat trick performance, can you? Especially from your captain. So it was. Interesting to see Cedric back. We we speculated on the preview that Saka might go to left back. And obviously, Saka then had the best 60 minutes, I think, of his Arsenal career um, at right wing. <laughs> had had the entire Leeds defence on toast for the whole of the first half and the first part of the second half. He was he was unplayable. Saka and Foden are on another level, honestly. Like, yeah. I think Foden's technically the better player. And... Um, but I think Saka and Foden are in a bracket above all the other youngsters. The, your Mason Greenwoods, your uh, Mason Mounts, uh, even Martinelli to some extent, I think. But Saka's, Saka's he's, he's pushing Foden, but I think, honestly, the, he's, he's, he's so good, I can't even put it into words. 
I just don't, I just can't see him starting at the Euros, though. As, as baffling as that sounds. Has he made the Euro squad? I think he has to go for his versatility. Definitely, definitely. But I don't see him starting. I'm not sure he'll make it. Just because you look at those attacking options, Grealish can play on the wing, Sancho can play on the wing, Foden, if you need to, can play on the wing, you can play him as a false nine. It looks like you'll probably have Chilwell and Shaw, considering the season Shaw's had. Saka probably I think won't drop it left back. I'd love him to think... go. Don't get me wrong, I'd, it would be brilliant because we've not had Arsenal representation at a major tournament for quite a while that I can remember. Um, but I just think... I don't know. I, can't, I don't know if he'll go. I'd like. It's a shame considering the season he's having. I think he will. I think he will. Well, you think you've got Rashford, you've got um, Grealish, you've got uh, Jaden Sancho, Sterling. Like those are good players, but then you've also got Saka who can play anywhere across that front, on the left, right, or the middle, and then he can also play a left back. I think he's. In, in a long tournament like um, the Euros, I think Southgate would be very naive not to take a player like Saka of his quality because you think you're going to get injuries in different positions. It's a long tournament. You're going to need to play players in games when you need to rest certain ones. I think he'll definitely go. I think it's a similar argument to the one you would have made for Maitland-Niles four months ago. You know, yeah. he's, he's going because of his versatility, but he's his stock will have dropped a lot and Saka has only risen since September, I can imagine. Yeah, it would be very, very encouraging to see him go, considering the season, the season and a half he's had. I think it's probably mm. fair to say now, and definitely reward him. It's probably just that it's come that bit too soon for Smith Rowe, and the position he plays yeah. is just mm. so dense. And there's just yeah, there's too much depth. There's You've too got... many quality players who have had quality seasons. Uh, Harvey Barnes as well. Harvey Barnes. Barnes. There's there's loads of players like we almost. Complaining that we've got too many attacking players for England. It's yeah. Very if only they had a centre back with the um, level of quality as the attackers, that would be um, surely nailed on to win the tournament. Uh, we'll still find a way to take six right backs. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a danger with Arsenal now that the teams above us will keep performing and we'll miss out on Europe? You look at Spurs and they're having a bit of a tough time. Chelsea now are resurgent. Are we are we going to struggle to make the top seven? I think we'll I, I, think, I think every team's going to have these periods where they do well and these periods where they do badly just because of the nature of the competition this year. You know, the teams around the top six, I'd say between sort of seventh and twelfth, are a lot stronger than I've seen them in recent years. And with the amount of fixtures that are being played uh, so regularly the top sides can't afford to keep putting out their first 11 and for it to keep performing to its best. So the players that really sort of separate teams are being nullified almost. Do you look at someone like Mo Salah? Mo Salah's been brilliant. He's really been sort of the shining light in that Liverpool side, but Sadio Mane has been underperforming. Firmino has been underperforming and they haven't really got any options where they can say, okay, we can turn to you and you'll be fine. You know, Origi, Shakiri. Minamino's gone out on loan, so you haven't really got that many options there. And I think the same will be for Chelsea and I think for us as well. Um, you know, it'll be a it'll be a case of who who has the freshest legs going to sort of the last six weeks of the season. Disappointing news today that Kevin De Bruyne seems to have miraculously recovered from that awful injury just in time to play Arsenal. 
again. I think the last three games we played Man City, Kevin De Bruyne has come back in the week before this Arsenal game. Um, but of course, we've got Benfica first, and we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, but it was a good weekend for Arsenal. Back on track, I think, especially in the games we've got to come. is important win. 100%. Perfect. Thank you for listening to our Leeds review. Uh, we have got a Benfica preview coming out in the next couple of days ahead of our game on Thursday, which, where are we playing this? Neutral venue. Rome. One's in Greece and one's in Rome, isn't it? I can't remember which way around. I think we're in Rome on Thursday. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out in the um, preview. Thank you for listening. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe and share. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Podcast Network.